0: Welcome, everyone, to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Wayne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. And despite our negative conditionings and the dark influences imposed upon mankind, that divine love that we came into this world with is still within us, for it is our life stream. It is the spirit of the living God that never fails. And yes, God is spirit, not human. And to search for our ultimate help outside of ourselves is to negate the power of the mighty I Am Presence that dwells within us, and all of creation. For although we move about and handle the business of life, seemingly, on our own, just remember, regardless of religious or spiritual beliefs, regardless of the good or bad that we have created in this world, what we didn't do was create our eternal spirit or our fleshly temple. We did not come into being of our own efforts and neither are we robots. But it is the spirit of the living God within all of us that we live, that we breathe, that our moving about life is made possible. And to believe in yourself is to believe in God because the spirit of the living God is in you. And to believe in God is to believe in yourself because the spirit of the living God is in you. And that's real. Because when the spirit leaves the temple, so goes the individual. And no matter how some may see it, believe it, or perceive it, there is no existence, not none, without the spirit of the living God dwelling within. And that spirit is power. Amen. Give thanks and praises for loving life and y'all be loved.
1: Love is the drawing power of mind. It is the magnet of the universe and about it may be clustered all the attributes of being by one who thinks in divine order. Many who have found the law of true thinking and its effect, wonder why supply does not come to them after months and years of holding thoughts of bounty. It is because they have not developed love. They have formed the right image in mind, but the magnet that draws the substance from the storehouse of being has not been set into action. To demonstrate supply, we must think supply and thus form it in the consciousness. We must conserve all the ideas of substance in the mind, and also the fluids of the body, their representatives because we must have a base for our form we must vibrate the love center in thought word and act then there will come to us on the wings of invisibility that which will satisfy every need this is the secret of demonstrating plenty from the ethers love taketh not account of evil love never sees anything wrong in that which it loves if it did it would not be pure love pure love is without discriminating power It simply pours itself out upon the object of its affection and takes no account of the result. By so doing, love sometimes casts its pearls before swine, but its power is so great that it transforms all that it touches. Do not be afraid to pour out your love upon all the so-called evil in the world. Deny the appearance of evil and affirm the omnipotence and the omnipresence of love and goodness. Take no account of the evil that appears in your life and your affairs. Refuse to see it as evil. Declare that what seems evil has somewhere a good side, which shall through your persistent affirmation of its presence be made visible. By using this creative power of your own thought, you will change that which seemed evil into good, and divine love will pour its healing balm over all. Sickness is not good, because it is not of God, but if, through past ignorance in thought or act, a person finds himself in its grasp, he can hasten his deliverance by affirming the experience to be a good lesson that he will take to heart and profit by. If he bemoans his sad fate, he throws the shadow of gloom into the healing waters of love, thereby corrupting them and weakening their restorative action for him. Always remember that love is the great magnet of God. It is, of itself, neither good nor evil. These are qualities given to it by the thinking faculty in man. Whatever you see for your love, that it will draw to you, because as a magnet it attracts whatever you set your desire upon. To focus your love about self and selfish aims will cause it to draw around you the limited things of personality and the hollow shams of sense life. To focus your love upon money and the possessions of the material world will make you the slave of mammon and will make your life a failure and a disappointment. To focus your love upon anything less than all good will eventually cause you to fall short of your highest aspiration and will keep you outside the kingdom of heaven. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love does not resent injuries it does not take affront and insult into account. Pure love does not recognize personality, hence when a person is in the consciousness of love, he cannot be heard at what may be said to him or about him. A soft answer turneth away wrath is ever on the lips of love, and whoever makes this his thought focus will be able to reduce to peace and harmony the tides of impatience and anger that may be surging about him. One with strong love and the right focal idea may control turbulent multitudes by his silent thought alone. When we speak of the power of love, it should be understood that we mean power exercised through love. Power is a faculty of mind. It associates itself with some other faculty and in conjunction with that faculty it is made manifest. In the relation of man's faculties and divine mind, power and love are associated in action, but in man's present concept of relations he has associated intellect and power. From this wrong relation arise the tyranny and oppression so evident in the world. Power should never be exercised except through love. Whoever associates his power and his intellect and attempts in a blind way to force his desire to fulfillment will always bring about discord and unrighteous oppression. Power cannot be used successfully through intellect, because intellect lacks wisdom. Wisdom associates itself with love and can be found in its purity only at the heart center, hence we speak of the still small voice within. Elijah found that the voice of God was not in the wind, not in the earthquake or the fire, these being of the intellect, but in the still small voice. Intellect is not wise. Wisdom is not its office. Intellect is the executive officer of wisdom and can do right only when faithfully carrying out the instructions of its principle. We see how dangerous to the welfare of man it is for intellect to assume knowledge and to call upon power to help it in carrying out its unsubstantial ideas. Power is the faculty in mind that propels outward, and it must necessarily have balance in some other faculty in order to hold its equilibrium. There is but one other faculty that has opposite action, and that is love, whose office is attraction. When power and love are associated, the centrifugal and the centripetal forces of being are equalized, man unifies all the work that the Lord God has given him to do, and his dominion over the forces of being is exercised in peace and harmony. Peace and harmony are the focalizing ideas that cord with the divine nature of love, and when they are associated in the mind there is no limit to man's power. It is said by those who know the power of spiritual forces that one man developed large enough in love might dissolve this planet with his word. But one so developed would never do anything to interfere in any way with the life and the rights of another. Love does not offend or take offense. Talks on Truth by Charles Fillmore, 1912
0: This is Chapter 15.
1: The grandiose poetry of the four Vedas, the books of Hermes, the Chaldean Book of Numbers, the Nazarene Codex, the Kabbalah of the Ten Aim, the Sefer Jezirah, the Book of Wisdom of Shloma, Solomon, the secret treatise on Muda and Bada attributed by the Buddhist Kabbalist to Kapila, the founder of the Sankhya system, the Brahmanas, the Stangyar of the Tibetans all these volumes have the same groundwork. Varying but in allegories they teach the same secret doctrine which, when once thoroughly eliminated, will prove to the ultimate thule of true philosophy, and disclose what is this lost word. It is useless to expect scientists to find in these works anything of interest, except that which is in direct relation to either philology or comparative mythology. Even Max Muller, as soon as he refers to the mysticism and metaphysical philosophy scattered through the old Sanskrit literature, sees in it not but theological absurdities and fantastic nonsense. Speaking of the Brahmanas, all full of mysterious, therefore, as a matter of course, absurd, meanings, we find him saying, the greater portion of them is simply twaddle, and what is worse, theological twaddle. No person who is not acquainted beforehand with the place which the Brahmanas fill in the history of the Indian mind, could read more than ten pages without being disgusted. We do not wonder at the severe criticism of this erudite scientist. Without a clue to the real meaning of this twaddle of religious conceptions, how can they judge of the esoteric by the exoteric? H. P. Blavatsky We find an answer in another of the highly interesting lectures of the german savant no jew no roman no Abraham ever thought of converting people to his own national form of worship religion was looked upon as private or national property it was to be guarded against strangers the most sacred names of the gods the prayers by which their favor could be gained were kept secret no religion was more exclusive than that of the brahmins therefore when we find scholars who imagine, because they have learned the meaning of a few exoteric rites from Surtria, Abraham priest initiated in the sacrificial mysteries, that they are capable of interpreting all the symbols, and have sifted the Hindu religions, we cannot help admiring completeness of their scientific delusions. The more so, since we find Max Muller, himself asserting that since Abraham was born in a twice-born, and could not be made, not even the lowest caste, that of the sutras, would open its ranks to a stranger how much less likely that he would allow that stranger to unveil to the world his most sacred religious mysteries, the secret of which has been guarded so jealousy from profanation throughout untold ages. No, our scientists do not, nay, cannot understand correctly the old Hindu literature, any more than an atheist or materialist is able to appreciate it. there just value the feelings of a seer, a mystic, whose whole life is given to contemplation. They have a perfect right to soothe themselves with a sweet lullaby of their self-admiration, and the just consciousness of their great learning, but none at all to lead the world into their own error, by making it believe that they have solved the last problem of ancient thought and literature, whether Sanskrit or any other, that there lies not behind the external twaddle far more than was ever dreamed of by our modern exact philosophy. Or that above and beyond the correct rendering of Sanskrit words and sentences there is no deeper thought, intelligible to some of the descendants of those who veiled it in the morning hours of Earth's day, if they are not to the profane reader." H. P. Blavatsky The
0: I Am Discourses, Volume 14
1: The greater intelligence which has produced the greater manifestation in this system of worlds, knows far beyond the human intellect what forces are required from the cosmic standpoint, to master the mass accumulation of mankind's frightful destructive creations. The outer intellect of the individual does not understand how much energy has been used by the sinister force to create evil, but the ascended hosts do. And the cosmic beings know well how long mankind has persistently used the authority of life to use energy destructively in this world. And therefore, we know what the intellect of man does not know in the control of the forces that have been generated in this world. But by your attention and your call to your beloved I am presence and to us, you may know, and you may draw here, and you may use without limit the sacred fire power from our octave, and unless human beings will understand this, and use it, and be as aware of its presence as they are of their hands and feet, how can it act for the individual? The destructive forces have been thoroughly aware of the results they produce when they use energy destructively why cannot the intellect and the feeling of the people become as aware of our presence as aware of the sacred fire as aware of the authority and power of life to bring perfection here that masters evil i want to charge you tonight with the force and the power you have never had until there stands in and around you the full comprehension and the wide open flow of the sacred fire power from our octave that you need my loved ones to hold your own against the forces that would destroy you. The destructive forces of mankind's generation have become so brazen, so completely insane and fiendish in their destruction, that those who seek the constructive way of life must be awakened, and they must make some effort themselves to use the cosmic law of their own authority, and to draw into this physical world the sacred fire that burns up the evil. And if people will not awaken and will continue to sleep in their acceptance of limitation, then they must go through severe experiences until they do awaken. But you who have had the blessing of the mighty Saint Germain and others of the Ascended Host, in the awareness of your mighty I Am Presence, the awareness of our action of the sacred fire, the awareness of this greater intelligence that controls the whole system of worlds, you can have almost instantly the release of whatever sacred fire you are determined and insistent upon manifesting in this world. And the moment you make up your mind that that is coming here and you give no quarter to anything else, it will be here. So I offer it. Applause. Thank you so much, precious ones. Won't you be seated, please, and just remain so. Beloved Aloha marion You take this command with me. Through the fiery authority of my beloved I am presence, which I am. You wanna give it with me? laughter. Through the fiery authority of the beloved mighty I am presence, which I am, and the invincible will of the ascended master's perfection of eternal love, I demand the master's sacred fire presence of all control of everything in my world. I am the sacred fire master presence. I am the sacred fire master presence. I am the sacred fire master presence that forever prevents anything but perfection in my world. Thank you, precious ones. Now take that command, you issue that, and release the energy of your life and the vibration of your words and feelings into the atmosphere about you. Then do you know what happens from the inner standpoint? Your beloved I am presence immediately flashes the sacred fire into that energy, and then it calls to us, and we amplify that again, and we can expand that to the degree whatsoever that the condition that you want changed requires. If I were you, I would, in the secret private application of your own daily work, acknowledge, I am the master sacred fire here that forbids manifestation that is not the perfection of the ascended host. My dear ones, if you just take that authority, issue the words and feel that flame go out, we can move heaven and earth to assist you. I hope you feel what I want to bring to you tonight is courage, as strength, as power, and as the controlling authority in this world, that has the right to bring ascended master perfection here. Now if you are going to master things in this world, you are going to have to use the word mastery. When you say, I am the sacred fire master control here, and I forbid anything in my world but the ascended master's perfection that should be here, now who of you can tell me what ascended master perfection should be in your world tonight? Can you tell me? Well, I know. Why? Because we have already called forth our perfection for you by our love, because your love has come to us by your attention upon us. We have already designed perfection for you, and this is what I am asking you to draw into the physical octave to make everything easier for you, to make you more aware of the master powers of the sacred fire that bring you this greater perfection. Beloved Aloha Moriahan.